Hey, people and performers, I'm Rachel Cassidy. I'm an injury prevention specialist who works in whole person health and wellness, as well as injury prevention for performing artists. Welcome to Art in My Heart, a podcast where we will talk about all things wellness for performers, along with whatever random unfortunate crap comes out of my mouth for better or worse. If anyone listened to the last episode and actually came back, good for you. Wow. A huge thank you because you are a very particular and special type of person. Um, You are probably my type of person, but also, wow. Today, I'm going to tell you an abbreviated version of the story of me choosing to do what I do now. After starting my first master's program, um, which was at the same school and in the same major as my undergrad program, I still had a great even after i even after i stopped that program before i was finished i still had a great respect for the things that i was learning and the people who were going to use them but that information was mostly geared toward working with collegiate and professional athletes and i did not want to do that i think athletes are incredible if i didn't i wouldn't work with performers because they are athletes in their own right but i didn't I just wasn't excited to spend and focus my energy on making people run faster and jump higher for the purpose of running faster and jumping higher for a ton of money. I've kind of worked through some of my feelings and thought processes on sports with sports, which I mean, admittedly, previously were judgmental, um, which, you know, I mean, I'm an athlete in in that um, because I I have a lot of knowledge and educational background in that space that I understand golfers are. But in my programs, the majority of our focus were on um, sports like football and soccer and baseball and, and, and just things like that. And I, I was admittedly judgmental over a decade ago about that, especially because a lot of our conversations stemmed around kind of how it ruins our bodies often and how people sustain life altering injuries that hinder their quality of life later on, which quality of life and, and doing things, doing small things daily to keep our quality of life as long as we can has always been something I've been very focused on and interested in. And so, um, so that just didn't align with me. And so I knew there was something else I wanted to do. I just, I just wasn't sure how to put a name to it or, or exactly where I should focus. But I will also say that education, because I came from a two teacher household has always been very important. And I have always just wanted my master's and doctorate. Um, it's, a, it was a personal goal of mine. And so I had, I, I had, the feeling or the perception that I had wasted a ton of time in my first master's program because I didn't finish and graduate with that degree, which was not a waste because I have a master's level understanding of the same things that I had an undergraduate level of understanding of. And that that is very, very helpful in the work that I do now. But 
I, I just knew I wasn't where I needed to be. And so several years ago, my husband took me um, home to New York and we went and saw the Broadway performance of My Fair Lady that Norbert Leo Butts was actually in at the time. And the stage for that production of My Fair Lady had a a rotating piece that held Henry Higgins house. And so when they were in the house, that piece of stage would come forward and it was, and it was circular and the house was like split into quadrants and it would rotate depending on which room they were in. And there was a point in the production where um, the person playing Eliza Doolittle had to sing while kind of running up the stairs and going through a door and running down the stairs of the next room. And she did that for several minutes. And I remember thinking to myself like, okay, first of all, wow, we're running a marathon every night, which I, I already knew that wasn't new information to me, but what I had kind of never necessarily thought of before was my background work in exercise and how much breath plays into uh, protection of our body and also the ability to kind of to kind of do the most work. We often use our breath, you know, while we're lifting weights and things like that. And it was maybe one of the first times that it had dawned on me fully, because I know this had dawned on me before, because when I was in high school and I would be in productions, I would run on a treadmill and sing the whole score for the musical like every night in order to prepare to have to kind of do dance. I'm using finger quotes for people who can't see me um, because this is not a video. And so like I knew that I had recognized how much more work it was to do both things together. But I guess what I had never really like consciously thought in my head was, wow, this is how we use breath to protect our bodies and make sure it can do the work that we're doing and the movements that we're doing. And this is how I've been trained to use my breath to sing. And Nobody is choreographing a show to make sure that your breath that needs to support your singing would magically be supporting your this. I know this sounds so stupid in my mind now, even, but like it felt like such a huge revelation a million years ago when I had it. And I just remember thinking like, OK, well, if when I'm in this situation, I'm absolutely f fully focused on the performance and my singing. I'm. I'm not thinking about if my body's going to get hurt. And so what did she do to get her body ready to do this in a way that she's not going to get hurt? And now we are in a place where massage therapists and PTs and things like that are being brought into uh, Broadway and professional theater spaces. And I think that that is amazing and wonderful um, athletic uh, conditioning is something that lots of personal trainers that work with performers have been paying attention to for a long time. And their, you know, recovery methods that we use for athletes are being incorporated in that space. But because I have a background working with physical therapy, the thing that I think they're not quite positioned perfectly in their education to do is prevent injury. And I realized very quickly that 
I would actually like to specialize in injury prevention so that this kind of little piece that I thought was missing might be there. And certainly something that I was not taught in high school or college growing up and nor that my friends that were um, working in, in professional performing spaces had ever been told. And so, so I, that kind of triggered my, my original, like, Ooh, this, this could be interesting. And so um, I started looking for programs that that would include that. And then at this point, my son is in high school, was in high school. He's not in high school anymore. At the point that this was happening, he had just started high school and he or maybe he hadn't really started high school, but he was already participating in marching band because they they do that from the middle school, getting ready for the next year, at the end of, of eighth grade. And so he was there. And then at the end of his, it must have been his first year there. They did the hunchback of Notre Dame uh, for the school's musical that year. Of course, the schools here are gigantic and they do more than one musical, but that was like their spring performance. And I remember waiting for my son to come out and standing there and listening to all of the other students talking. And the really kind of unique thing for me, because I did not come from a large place, is that my son's high school always has two casts. All the high schools in the area almost always have two casts, even though their run really isn't much longer than what ours was in school, which I have feelings about being amazing for these kids because they get to kind of experience being in all different spaces in the show, not just in the one uh, the one part that they were cast, but I remember coming out and hearing kids talking about the guy that had played the hunchback that night and how his back was hurting and how like his neck was hurting and how they'd had to listen to these guys complain, you know, both of the guys complain all through rehearsals and like all these things. And I remember thinking, you're like 16 or 17 years old, your, your back shouldn't hurt, your back shouldn't hurt. And I remember thinking, well, of course, his back hurts if he's not doing the physical things that he needs to to kind of get in and out of that character. And that that doesn't just, you know, I mean, we talk I think we've talked a lot about warm ups in performing, but I don't know that we really discuss cool down all that much and cool down and stretching after you've done something that's physically exerting in my opinion, often can be more important than the stuff you did to warm up. I mean, warming up is very important. That's not what I mean. But like we rarely discuss those those things and how important they are to to keeping ourselves not injured. And so I remember thinking like somebody really needs to train that. Like, I wonder what his posture is like the rest of the day, right? Like he's carrying a heavy book bag on his back, probably with all of his crap in it. He's hunched over his phone, probably. Like, I wonder, I wonder how well, like, I wonder how aligned his body is most of the day. And if his body was aligned before he did this, then he would be able to do something to physically tell his body that that character was done and he was going back to his personal natural alignment. And so that kind of was one of the things that was in my mind. And then, of course, watching my son's marching band, like, oh, my gosh, these kids out there doing 
very athletic things. And of course, having to breathe and play instruments at the same time and same thing, like they're not paying attention mostly to what they're physically doing. They're mostly paying attention to playing their instrument. And my son doesn't have to worry about his breath while he plays his instrument because he's a percussionist, but the, you know, the extensive pull on your body that it takes to carry those, the instruments around and, you know, the percussion instruments around like outrageous. And so I actually went into my son's um, band director and asked if, if I could come in and just the only thing I, well, I had an entire program because I'm an overachiever that I was like, if we could do these things, that would be great. But it's very hard to convince people to give any time to something that they don't know is going to make work easier. And so I came in and I essentially was allowed to tweak the warm up that the kids were doing. And then I also got to work for several hours during their leadership week with the section leaders of each of the sections um, to kind of teach them hey, this is how you hold your body while you play your instrument. Here are some exercises for strengthening those muscles. Here are some exercises if you are asymmetrically holding your instrument all the time to kind of work both sides of your body and make sure that you are in alignment and not kind of, you know, listing to the left or whatever. (laughs) And also some really good cool down and things that they should be doing afterwards. And... I remember thinking this isn't going to be enough. I'm never going to have convinced anybody that this that this is a real thing. And I'm going to have failed before I ever started and found the program I wanted to be in. But during that time, I actually did find a master's program in applied exercise science that had a concentration in injury prevention and corrective exercise. And so I started that program. And by the end of the season, normally there were lots of kids complaining of injuries, lots of kids going to first aid, lots of kids having lots of lots of issues. And not only did I have kids come up and tell me how different their season had felt, but so many less kids got injured and kids that had previously had an injury, like seniors who sprained their ankle severely freshman year and then marched on it the whole season, which, you know, watch me roll my eyes through the audio, but that they said their body didn't hurt anymore which good because you're like 17 and your body shouldn't hurt. But so, I mean, I I have a lot of those stories that kind of led up to me being like, I, I know that this is a thing that we need and we need people who are specifically educated and positioned in injury prevention, not that understand how to rehab from an injury or how to support a body with a dysfunction or an injury so they can backtrack to what might help. But people who are actually looking at the research of how to prevent injury to begin with. And so I started that program the next fall semester in August with the specific goal of taking in that information so I could work with performing artists in that way. Also, I will talk about this at another time, but I also knew that even as I was going through school and we were talking about these physical things that 
our mental health and our emotional health, our social health and our spiritual health all play a part in our physical bodies working well and they all intertwine together and i used a lot of those concepts in the work that i was doing um and the the professors were very interested in kind of how we were looking at this from such a different perspective and and so when i went to school i promised myself that in all of my work in all of our discussions in all of my videos in all of my programming in all of my papers that i would only focus on performing bodies during during that time which i did but it was really hard and i had access to a lot of studies from around the entire world. And I will tell you one of the things that solidified for me that this was going to be so important is because there was such a lack of research. Finding the information didn't exist unless it was ballet, ballet dancers in other countries or some some pain relief things in classical instrumental musicians from other countries. It was very hard to find a lot of studies. They literally just didn't exist. And so I I was taking the concepts that we were learning and the, the things that I was learning about movement and athletes and using that to justify why I thought we should be doing things with performers. And so that that became something I was even more passionate about once I got there. Of course, again, injury prevention includes all of our health spaces, not just physical. And so our physical bodies get injured when we are not taking care of ourselves in the other spaces too. And moving forward, we will break down those spaces. I will talk about how I believe the the things that fall under those other five pillars of health support injury prevention. When we are not taking care of those spaces, yes, our physical bodies can get injured because of not taking care of those spaces. But we can also be injured in those spaces in ways that don't allow us to keep doing our job. We can be injured emotionally in a way that does not let us be able to safely continue to do a very emotional job. We can mentally be injured in ways that don't allow us to continue to do our job. Our belief systems, our our spiritual background, can be harmed in ways that don't allow us to continue to safely do our job and relationally, absolutely also. Performing arts are so important to me. They gave me a place to belong in high school when I didn't feel like I belonged. They were a grounding space my freshman year of college when everything in my life was falling apart. They were a lighthouse, like an actual light at the end of a tunnel of what direction to go next my sophomore year when I was floundering and I didn't know how I would how I would proceed in my life. And when I realized how inauthentically I was living in my adulthood later on, those were the very first place I started going back to first. I told my husband that I had been out of theater spaces too long and I started being very intentional about going and seeing performances. I started playing my flute again 
those were the first places that shifted for myself. And then later moving on to getting back into acting classes and getting back into vocal training and training, um, training my voice with a person who is amazing at, at preventing injury to your vocal cords. I had a pretty significant vocal injury in college due to all of my issues. And so being with somebody that understood those things, um, he's also kind quite energetic and spiritual in the way that he approaches voice. But you can be a performer for your whole life. I consider that I I have been a performer since the second I came out of out of the womb. You know, like I said, the the world has been my stage and I have really treated it like that. And unlike sports, you can be a performer your whole life. I know because I watched my grandparents play their instruments literally their entire lives. My dad still plays his instruments. We are athletes, but we are also much more than athletes and we have to approach our health similarly but uniquely because our careers are exponentially, potentially exponentially longer. And because we involve our mental and emotional spaces and because of how we relate to those around us impacts our work and because our spirituality and knowing ourselves and what we believe and what we are willing to participate in is not negotiable. And for us to be able to do this work safely and well and in a way that's healthy and allows us to have a quality of life for our whole lives. And also, if we're honest, because we can't work for 10 years and make enough money to live beyond comfortably for the rest of our existence, like athletes can do, like we need to be able to do this for a long time. And so my educational background is in how our bodies work, how to protect them from injury, nutrition, and some psychology. But the rest of my life has been nothing but experience, work, personal growth, personal and work growth experience, personal and work, just experience, life experience, lived experience, doing the work, doing life, um, mentorship in work and personal, following my passion for learning in the spaces that I'm interested in, like energetics and spirituality and emotional well-being and releasing emotion from our physical body and mental health and relational health and social justice and how that impacts our health. Um, I have been gathering these tools for over 20 20 years to be able to do this work. And I feel like I am in a space, I have been in a space for the last few years, but now that I've really stepped into sharing this work and doing this work in a way that I had not been before, after years of working with the general public at different levels of athletes and military members and different age groups and all of that, and finally claiming, deciding to claim what I want to do. Now I'm in this very curious <laughs> new process of sharing with the world something that is scary and overwhelming to me, but also super exciting. And I can't wait to be able to hopefully give some insight and new perspectives to how performers look at their health, a more holistic, open, free, not judgmental, allowing approach, as well as impact things that student performers are being taught right now. So that that they can come into this industry more ready than a majority of my peers were, especially because now we are starting to talk about things like 
personal fitness as far as being a performer or nutrition or things like that. And they are the spaces that they are bringing wellness in to student performers is it's necessary to start bringing that in. But that is also in many ways being brought in in a similarly toxic way around body size and weight and what is healthy and not healthy, forgetting that what is supportive and healthy for one person is the thing that is detrimental and harmful to the person next to them. And so this is the space that I'm in right now, ready to bring this out to more people than I have been before. So I guess that brings me to the portion of the question that we are going to be asking at the end of each of these episodes, which is what is bringing me joy right now? And I say, I would say The thing that is bringing me joy right now is the support that I have been getting from the people who have known that this is my passion for years. Some of them before I might have realized which direction I was heading or where I was going. The people that have been in my life just for a few years, my acting teacher and my vocal coach and um, and my peers who are auditioning around me and my friends who do this professionally and uh, and things like that. My my friends who do this as a hobby, which is equally important to take care of our bodies so that we can do a thing that brings us joy while maybe doing something that causes stress, but we feel like we have to do in order to survive and make a living. This I can look back now and see in all of the spaces where I felt like my life was falling apart. I was learning things that I needed to be able to share this information with the world. And I'm very, very grateful and overwhelmed by the people who have been showing up for me. I have mostly been the person giving support in my story and my life journey and allowing myself to being open and feeling worthy of receiving support has been a really difficult and incredible experience. So for now, I guess, end scene as they say, and I will talk to you next time. 